Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In this episode, it's the March edition of the Stephen Keefe Power Hour. What makes it even more special is it's my birthday month, baby. So on St. Patrick's Day, if you know what date that is, I'm not telling you. Find me online and wish me happy birthday. Anyway, let's get back to these wonderful gentlemen talking about music. Did you know they both play bass? <gasps> Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us everywhere at ghostcoldmag.com. You are listening to another glacially. No, I did it again. There it is. I just did it. That's great. Maybe I'll leave that in too. Uh, you are listening to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. It is the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. I am joined by my esteemed editor, Stephen Tovey of Ghost Cult. We are going to talk about the recap of releases from February 2023. We are going to kick off a little bit of forecasting on 2020 three March releases. And as yeah. usual, we are super stoked to be here. Thanks for listening. How are you today, Steve? I'm good. So unlike yourself, suffering from late nights, heavy metal partying, uh, partying I'm suffering from actually doing some exercise. And us being old men, we both get kicked in the ass by anything other than just sitting around listening to riffs and uh, <laughs> drinking beer. So I'm good, but my back and my legs are uh, not happy with me for being bothered to get outdoors and run around but yeah i'll take that it means i'm still alive yeah you yes you are a better man than i because i i did i did walk a lot this last week but i also did that amount in beers and i walked up one of these ginormous san francisco hills on my way to static x last night and i nearly keeled over it was like very <laughs> steep the incline was insane and i had to do like Two blocks, and then when I got to the second block, I realized I walked in the wrong direction entirely, but it was probably good for me after I ate like a uh, Nashville hot chicken sando, drank a bunch of beers, and uh, then I went to go to the metal show. So, like, at least I got some exercise in, and then I stood around at Static X, and I just headbanged and, and screamed a little occasionally. Static, great show. Great weekend of shows. Um, I've made it to five this year, which is low. But I think I'm going to go to less things this year. Like I've been preaching, going to preach self-care over my ambition to go to everything because my my body and my brain can't always take it. But then I have to say on the flip, I've been definitely suffering like the, the whole fear of missing out. We had um, Obituary, Conjurer and Celestial Sanctuary play UK this week and didn't go. I'm not going to many shows myself. And you just sit and you see everything going off online. You're like, do you know what? No, it's trying to get that balance in it. I need to be hit up a few more live shows for myself. In, in particular, it's been several months and I haven't been to a metal show uh, for, for a while. But yeah, there was like a bitchery last week. I think uh, there's a few, quite a few tools to Catatonia, Solstice Fear, a uh, week before. Um, would have been a really good double header to, to fit up. And that would have been a bit more sedate and a bit less kind of, you know, having to do warming up and uh, stretch the legs and the, the, the bones to do it. But yeah, so I guess we probably have to meet in the middle somewhere where we we both end up doing a couple of months. That <laughs> would be good. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to, um, in March, I'm going to probably restart my diet. It's not quite a diet. It's a, a food program that I just eat less things and I eat less things that are bad for me, to put it 
mildly without going on a tirade about food and exercise, but I need to, I need to move more. I live in a city that is a workout unto its own. If you just walk around. So I did a lot of that this week. I got a lot of steps in. I got to try to do more, but that Hill was like, Oh man, this is brutal. I can't do that. And then I get kind of like, my balance is not great because I'm wobbly and it's like I get scared coming down those hills because I feel like I have a fear of falling. I slipped and fell a few times when I lived in Boston years ago on the ice, which, you know, you can't help. Even if you have good boots, you're going to fall sometimes. But it was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't want to take a tumble down one of these as much as I can't climb them. And I certainly can't run up them. I don't know how cars drive up them all day long, but um. I definitely don't want to take a fall down one. There are st- yeah. there are some hills that are so steep and there's like nothing to hold on to. And there's a couple of parts. Going, that, yeah. yeah, you just might just never stop falling like into an eternal abyss. The abyss looks back into you unless you're falling down one. But I also, there are parts of town that are so steep that they like baked in stairs into the street with little handrails because they know that people, like the original, just for some history, I don't know if you're ever going to visit America, but... The reason the cable cars, like the infamous San Francisco cable cars you always see came about because the horses used to fall down hills and like die because they couldn't go down. They couldn't go down and up these hills. They would have like flip overs and, and get, you know, die. It was horrible. And so the somebody was like, you know, it'd be a good idea. We had these motorized cable cars and we could just replace the horses with horse engines and, you know, go all over town. And that's how these came about. <clears throat> To be fair, I mean, we've as, as a kid did, did the whole Orlando, Florida thing, um, as you do. But yeah, the only, you know, the main point of interest coming across would be somewhere over to West Coast. I always have to stop and think North, East, Southwest. Um, I like the, my wife's up for uh, Alcatraz and doing the kind of the tours around that side. It seems much more interesting your your side yeah. of the world, you know, that's uh, your side of the, the country as well. So, yeah. yeah, I did all that stuff when I first visited here, and uh, it's worth it. Uh, and I know that people, I, you know, I when I, I I'm sure like you, when you go on holiday with your family, you do like one. I I do like one half touristy things and one half just like I want to see how people live. I want to just let it come to me and experience a town or a city and I don't overbook myself. But like now that I live here, I've kind of done a lot of those things, but whenever, if anyone visits, I gladly show them around because that's, you know, anybody listening to the podcast, come on, any bands come around, hang out in San Francisco. We'll go get, we'll go get a sourdough and go to Alcatraz. That would be fun. Um, Promote the site. Promote the, uh... (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've done, we've, we've done a few things. There's been a few things talked about, like that where we do like a little crossover fun content thing so anywho anywho um wow what a month of uh music in february right uh we some of these weeks were blinding our staff as usual answers the bell as i like to use the sports analogy for boxing and uh they they really killed it man as did you like what a month of reviews and we covered a very heavy swath of things. Just doing a quick check now, which I meant to do beforehand. That can't be right. 48 albums reviewed, covered, and uh, our thoughts, love, and uh, kind of, yeah, opinions shared with the uh, with the universe. So, I mean, that's that's pretty huge. You know, we'll, we'll kind of work through through the month, but this week, just gone 24th of Feb, was, I think we touched on it in the last time we caught up, was one of the, the biggest release dates that I can remember. I think it's that whole, what we talked about before, bands don't like to release in January because they're scared they won't get the votes for album of the year. I guess that kind of crops up as well, you know, and then 
start of February, still the industry isn't fully up and running. And so, yeah, last Friday in February seems to be when the, the uh, everything really sort of kicked in, kicked into gear. And yeah, big, big month of, of stuff that we, we, we covered this year. But um, so, yeah, I think you know, part of what we've, as you say, we, we try and do with these is, is kind of shine a light on the stuff that we've, we've liked um, ourselves rather than necessarily the biggest hitters. Um, of the month, so I've kind of taken a, a slightly different approach this month. Try to be a bit structured and organised. We'll see how it how it pans out. And I'm trying to take, see if it if it works out. Kind of doing like an album of the week for me, uh, from each of the weeks of the month that went through. And then when we get to talk about March, we'll see how we, we go with that. But the the first album for me for February was one, um, and it wasn't one we covered. Um, too fair. It was one I'm not sure how I sort of slipped off the radar of any press or announcements for for Ginger Wildheart. Um, but for me, it seemed like a maybe it was a surprise release, maybe it wasn't. But I've not seen it on the general social streaming um, kind of places either. But through Bandcamp, a new Ginger Wildheart uh, solo album called T, all capital letters. Um, just saw a tweet late Friday night, had a couple of beers, playing a bit of PlayStation, put the headphones on, and was just blown away and loved it. Um, it's kind of just. 14, 15 songs, maximum two minutes a track, just uh, Ginger getting his punk on, kind of, you know, really kind of uh, some biting, aggressive lyrics. Um, just sounds like an absolute blast of just like getting a load of energy out and um, kicking things back off. I mean, we've, we've spoken before around Ginger and the Wild Hearts, and I must admit, I've got no idea how they land in the US if they're even a thing. I know UK is very, very dearly beloved, but probably hasn't had the commercial success that you'd expect someone with his abilities and his qualities and the hooks and the populace of a lot of the stuff he's, he's written. But it reminds me quite a bit of Devin Townsend in kind of like a, a UK version of lots of different bands and lineups and ideas and sounds and styles and tends to be album two is a reaction to album one and album three is a reaction to album two and one. And then the fourth thing he'll do is something with an entirely different lineup and then sounds really different. And he's back to album one thought again that's all within the space of two years but teeth for me really really kind of um really had a, the kind of spirit the really early wild heart stuff it's like got the they always used to be described as metallica meets the beatles and this is just the the energy of it was there with this with the extra kind of discharge um punk you know kind of um influence could really sort of shining through but um so that, that's a bit by surprise but really really enjoyed enjoyed the uh the teeth album from uh ginger that out first week in feb um second week in feb but we spoke about uh an album that came out on 10th of feb um from we had kind of high hopes for from free and flames now, i kind of want to touch on it a bit because i think when it came out uh so we both said we the singles were really positive and we were listening looking forward to hearing the album i hadn't heard the whole thing until until day of release i must admit and be interested to see what you think i i kind of i'm still left a bit cold by the, the album as a, as a whole and on day day of release there's a huge kind of wave of a lot of love people saying yeah in flames are back and they're heavier than they've been since before clayman and this is the band that i've been waiting for for 20 years and it just sort of made me think other than the singles it just seems to be heavy for heavy's sake and um, my favorite track on there probably is Foregone 2 which is the lighter more song based one and it just kind of got me thinking the stuff that you know I never wanted In Flames to go back and do what they used to do and now we have Halo effects to do that anyway um, but they're kind of it's almost like people I think for some people have missed the point that the last few albums in particular have been some really good strong song based stuff that In Flames has done 
And I don't personally think the heaviness kind of quite suits me. It does sound a bit forced, and they've lost lost the song in there a little bit for me. So that was kind of um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, mixed feeling. And probably sounds like I'm slamming on on the album. And I don't think it's a bad album at all. I think it's decent. But I'm just very surprised at the, the overwhelming kind of like everyone loving like the, that In Flames album. But. I don't know. I'm just going to come in on now and cover your thoughts. Yeah, I'll I'll just drop in quickly and say, you know, I do love the new In Flames record, and I did. We had we had several conversations about it before release, (laughs) and I think, you know, I uncovered an interesting thing. This is going back a a bit of like three three plus years now, maybe almost four years ago. Uh, and In Flames has had three albums in four and a half years, right? Which is, you know, a very strong clip for any band, even with the pandemic, uh, which we love talking about, not. But, um, you know, I interviewed Anders and he was saying, like, in our mind, Bjorn and I, who they write the majority of the music, he's like, we haven't really changed what we do. We just okay. mix the albums differently. So the impression the listeners get is how heavy the album is by how much the guitars are in the mix. And he's yeah. like, we made a conscious effort on that album and these following two albums now, including Foregone, to mix the guitars really hot, like they used to 25 years ago. That was like their strategy. That's where they came from. Mellow Death, it's the, the you know, if it, they're not a, got, a Gottenberg band, but it's the Gottenberg sound. And so, you know, maybe they are, but it's like, you know, um, I will say, yeah, like I think it, it was a little muted for me after taking in the whole album, but still it's a very strong album. I'm sure it will get a lot of votes later in the year. A lot of people are very high on them. I, we were hoping to get a second interview with them where I could ask about this or someone else could ask about this. Um, We did kind of a pre interview uh, about the album, but not, you know, really not covering the album because I didn't hear it yet, but yeah, I mean, the singles are definitely, you know, it's like a movie. I always want the whole movie to be better than the trailers. And if the, yeah, if it's yeah. not, I, I get, if the best bits of the movie are in all the trailers, then you don't, what do you need the movie for? Exactly. And, and you know, so, yeah. Version. Yeah. And it feels no. like it's a bit of a singles out, but it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a singles album. It's, it's not as deep as I hoped. I was hoping for one song that was better than any of the singles. However, it's still a very strong album for them. It was not, not that there's any competition with the Halo effect, but it's a nice answer back to <laughs> just inherently fans are looking for this and Halo effect already threatening us with new songs live. So like, who knows when they're hitting the studio, but perhaps soon. So yeah, good for In Flames. I'll, I'll be quiet now and let you continue with your month. No, no, so it's cool. Um, but so with that in mind, so the second week of Feb, the album that caught my uh, caught my attention um, and the one I want to highlight. And it's a bit of an, an off, um, what's the word, off-centre album, really. It's a band called Bosco Sacro, um, an album called Gem. Uh, so Duncan Evans wrote the review for us, um, kindly picked it up. Um, I'd, I'd had a, a quick listen to the promo, and it, it just really, really spoke to me. And I thought Duncan's one of our writers that can really pick up the stuff that sits outside of the, the metal thing, you know, the really atmospheric kind of... Um, cool yeah metal alternative adjacent stuff but what we really liked about it was it reminded me kind of like the 90s misanthropy record uh label cold meat industry uh label um as well with bands like arcana and stuff like that which like folky uh dark wave some kind of 
really, you know, so it's not a metal album at all, but it's just a, a really kind of cold, dark atmosphere, but coming across in, in sort of different sorts of uh, instrumentation and, and so on. And that's an avant-garde um, music who I think kind of fly, fly under the radar quite a bit, but they often have a lot of really interesting or, or sort of, you know, um, bands that were worth checking out. So they, they kind of deal with a lot in black, blackened metal and blackened folk and, and a sort of side uh, side project from that. So, but definitely, uh, Boss Ghost of That Crow was a, a kind of really, really interesting album, um, I, I find, and one worth kind of digging out um, and checking. Um, but they come wailing and screaming to 17th of Feb, my album of the week for that one. Um, and until we get to the week after, at the time, it's my favorite album of the year. <laughs> I just absolutely loved uh, we again we touched on it before, um, but the the new album I believe it's the um, follow up to the affair of the poisons. Uh, but Warlock's Grim and Weathered Hags by Hellripper um, on Peacecope. Now, um, I think the, the previous stuff they've done, Hellripper's done. So uh, one man blackened heavy metal band from from Scotland. Um, I still can't believe it's one person because there's you've got scything riffs like feral blackened vocals, screaming solos, um, like Clive Burr style drum breaks, kind of, you know, even some pounding, dirty, like Lemmy, there's some beautiful, fuzzy Lemmy bass playing that comes in it. So this, this guy does it all and absolutely fair play to him. It's just a great, fun, black and heavy metal album. It's a yeah, dissection, Motorhead, uh, New Wave and British Metal, Cradle of Filth in there. It's got, it's got great energy. I think there's a track called Cursed Carrying Crown, which is the best song Sabbat never got around to writing. Um, and it's just a, a phenomenal, just great romp. You know, I think what they've done, their previous stuff pretty sounded a bit, his previous stuff, say there, we always assume it's a band when it's got a, a band name, but uh, his previous stuff kind of was a bit like in the, the ballpark of Midnight and a bit more speed metal and a bit kind of deliberately rough and raw. But this has been honed without losing any of the energy without losing any of the kind of bite and spite and it's just just a full-on kind of uh white knuckle ride of yeah blackened riffs and um oh, it's just a great time um really really worth checking out um the set the well, i say always say second because the fair of the poisons was the first but i think there's previous releases uh from hell ripper um but that does take me as the month has gone on but i think the the stuff that's been in my ears has has been even got even better um week by week and so a couple of days ago um did tease at the last chat we had uh, that i may have accidentally listened to the whole album a few times early uh but the newest album from insomnium um at 1696 i absolutely love it um but I've been, you know been been in and around and listened to insomnium from way back from the first first i'm going to say back in the demo days one had the demo um and kind of followed their career all the way through and they just um they somehow managed to kind of surpass and come up with new things. So it's not a massive amount of reinvention, but it's still insomnium. You know where you're getting. It's kind of a slightly somber, mellow death kind of thing, but heavy mellow death, a bit more around the gothic kind of, you know, miserable atmospheres in there than you than you get from an inflamed and so on. But the new album is a concept album that seems to have really kind of invigorated and brought something out of them. And, They've they spent the last few albums focusing with more and more tracks with cleaner vocals and perhaps kind of in, becoming a bit more uh, not necessarily accessible but straightforward. But this album, I said, maybe it's because of the story and the fact that it's a concept and they're working alongside it. But they've dialed that back a little bit. There's far fewer clean vocals. There's far fewer the big sort of folk moon sorrow kind of vocals coming in the big core stuff, and it's just more of a a, a kind of 
bit more diversity in there, a bit more just an aggressive metal album. And like the first track's almost like blackened um, toned to it. Um, and then it's just you know, just really well put together. Second track's um, guest appearances from Right in Christ on there, and it's a bit more in the, the Right in Christ vein, that kind of a bit more uh, ritualistic, somber, kind of uh, stompy kind of track with some, some big hooks on it. And then you, um, then you get track three, God Forsaken, which uh, is another just a, kind of a, sort of almost like a gothic masterpiece that comes in. And then so they make you wait to track four for like the traditional Insomnium track. So you've been, you know, you're then halfway through the album before you get the stuff that you're thinking you're going to get. And then they go off again in, in kind of different directions. And there's a track, Starless Pass, which is epically massive towards the end. And uh, they, they've just kind of, for me, taken everything they've, and used the, the kind of the PR and taking everything they've done before and made it bigger and better and added in these kind of like black and bits and a bit more gothic and epic and it just kind of comes out really well and I think I do think from someone that's written and loves a concept album I think there's something around writing to a story that kind of challenges you and um, pushes you to make the music better and I think that's really kind of borne out in, in the album they produced and this was when we had our returning, uh, our queen of Finnish metal, uh, Raging Rosie Walker came back and uh, produced a fantastic review because it's, it's an album that needed um, an epic write-up and, and she delivered on it. But yeah, so my biggest kind of recommendation of the month. Um, so yeah, Ginger, Bosco Sacro, uh, Hell Ripper and, and Insomnium and so forth. For me, that album that really kind of landed and as you can probably tell, excited me quite a bit. <laughs> Same. It's going to be tough to knock that album out of my top 10. That's early. I say that every February. It's going to be hard to knock that album out of my top whatever, but that's going to, I also, that's a stay list if there ever was one. I, I love that band. Um, they're wonderful live also. So yeah, great job by Rosie Walker. And, uh, you know, I will also say Ginger, just to mention your first point, he hasn't toured here a lot, so he's not quite as big here as I think he should be. But again, I, I see Ginger, you know, I you heard me fawn over Black Star Riders and how much I love Ricky Warwick. And I see Ginger had the same career as Ricky, just not as much fame. And and I know there's, you know, Ginger's had his issues, but like wonderful songwriter. I think there are fans here, there's a pocket of fans here who are aware. And it may be one of those record label things where he just puts out solo stuff for himself and just quietly put it out and didn't work a PR for it or anything and didn't do a PR campaign or anything, but uh, you know, much respect uh, to Ginger and I will go check, go back and check out that record. It's usually I go back after the fact and figure out that there's a wild hearts record out or there's a ginger solo record and listen to it. And he he definitely a great singer songwriter, maybe even first and foremost, I I like his solo stuff as much as anything. So that's just my take Uh, in terms of February. And I'll try to blast through this, Pretty quickly, again, such a such a heavy month, but it's fun to find little gems, heavy release wise, but fun to find little gems of records that maybe not everybody's talking about, which is usually my thing anyway. Um, a band that I, I sort of have a funny story about is All Out War. I was not unconscious at an All Out War show in the late 90s at a long gone club in New York City. Uh, somebody was like uh, doing like the backstroke out of the pit and I caught the back of a fist to the top of my head. Tweety birds knocked out unconscious. My friends had to drag me out. And back then I was just a massive amount of cheese, beer and long hair. That's all I was made of. And, um, in my band days, and I literally got carried out by my friends and I woke up in the street. They were like, 
smacking me awake. But all that war celestial rot, surprising to get such a brutal record from translation loss. That the label right. that isn't does heavy records, but really more atmospheric weird stuff. And it's just a crusher. We may still do an interview with Mike Score, the front man. Uh, we were talking about circling each other for something. And I wouldn't mind, you know, chopping it up with them or or somebody else. Um, yeah, great album. Very heavy. First release of the month for me, alphabetically, as well as the first week of the month. Um, I also want to shout out another singer-songwriter, Forever Autumn, which is a very Zester style uh, folk black metal uh exactly what it sounds like folk black metal black and folk metal uh forever autumn several releases out another duncan evans review fantastic ep and uh just terrific music really more uh wish it had come out for halloween or the fall because it is an autumn album not just in name of the artist but it is like a a mood uh, for a seasonal album and it feels like a not not a, a winter or a fall not a spring for sure um Funny enough, sad to see uh, a band you and I uh, are probably split on, and I am well known for not liking. I don't want to bag on anybody, but I feel bad now. Ruskaja put out their album Turbo Polka Party, and then disbanded because of the unpo- you know the you know popularity problems of being a band that's sort of parodying Russian culture at a time when Russia is the big bad in the world once again. Thank you for pulling out of the arms treaty, Russia, and threatening the whole planet. Great. But um, I feel bad that a band has to break up, even if I don't like them. I just feel bad that they felt compelled to break up, dropping maybe for them their best record. And so I just wanted to mention them. Like, if people are into that, go check them out and go support them. They still will get money from these records if you buy them. They're just not continuing. Maybe they're going to reform as something else and do the same thing with another, you know, direction but i just feel i wanted to kind of shout them out i feel bad because i have not liked them for a long time <laughs> openly um let's jump in and say there's a, an ongoing joke with chris tipple one of our writers because i sent him one of their albums to review a few years back and i always promised him if he always threatened if he's naughty he's getting the new Ruth kaiser album so uh, <laughs> he's been well behaved for a little while that's amazing um, we found Victoria, who's on the team, that was actually a fan, and she kept that quiet for for a while. Which for Victoria is quite weird to keep quiet on something. So uh, she true. came to the floor for this one. <laughs> Sorry. She, she will definitely be she'll be sad if she doesn't know that they have disbanded. Um, but again, I hope that they, you know, that it's hard to keep a band together, as you well know, and it's hard to just keep a project alive. So I hope that you know the record label saw some return from them and maybe they can reform under a different name and maybe get a new record label deal or maybe this frees them to get a better deal under a new thing because they have a track record and they have a fan base uh and i just again these these things make me sad uh, another record i really liked and i have a couple more uh oak which is the death doom side project of uh Gueria or Gueria. i cannot say this band's name correctly to save my life please yeah. someone someone in season <laughs> of mist please help me correct myself and say their name or someone who's Portuguese help me um, or into black metal. But yeah, the, the death doom side project from probably the black metal band of 2022. Uh, it's a good listen, man. It's, it's brutal all the way through. You can just like, it's a, it's a whole album to consume. It's not bits and bobs, which I really, I like whole albums. I still, I talk about this very frequently. I'm still a fan of the album experience. I want to just put a thing on and live with it for a while. I don't want to think about all the tracks. Obviously I'm paying attention to tracks, but I want to consume 
a thing that's really enjoyable from start to finish. And that album was, so I highly recommend it. Um, I, I don't think we have to say any more about Baborium except no notes. Perfect. Uh, very sad that my interview did not work out with Carl. The times did not jibe, but uh, what a great album. Another one. If we can't have Bolt Thrower, I'm so glad we have Memoriam. Uh, it doesn't need to be said, but there I said it. I said what I said. And, um, you know, in terms of the month, there is a bunch of other really cool releases. Uh, Distant st- stood out to me as a very strong record. Uh, some other records I had high hopes for were letdowns, but we don't have to go there. We've talked enough about some of these records, even records that our writers loved that I just myself, I was like, mm, I don't like this much at all. But that's, you know, that's the that's the gift of you and I um, doing what we do is we I really love I want I like the idea. I have heard other people, friends of mine who are writers and are concerned with album reviews and their editors you needle with their work and unless there's something really egregious or just factually inaccurate i don't want to interfere with the writer unless they're way off and in a way that is irrefutable so not a way off in opinion or way off in educated opinion way off in something factual or something wrong but i don't yeah i don't like meddling so even when someone gives an album a nine that i don't like the album or the band i let it be Mostly because like, I don't want to get in. I don't, I don't want to muck up the process. I think you're the same. No, and, and I, we talked about it quite a lot. The only thing I'm invested in doing is protecting the 10. Um, yeah, we, we have a few, few tens that come in. And if, if people send one through, we always have, you and I always have a little chat to walk through. Cause for me, a 10 is your puppets, appetite for destruction, those kind of landmark ones, or someone doing something different and new in a really, really kind of, <laughs> clever way that's going to kickstart or you know refresher things are like i guess you have like maybe code orange forever or something like that could be something that you could consider that you can't tell if that at the time's going to be a landmark classic or not but beyond that yeah the the words are the words and more than happy to let the writers be we'll just just step in if there's a there's an overexcitable 10 here and there we've got we've got to protect it it's like wrestling you have to protect the finisher you can't take <laughs> out the stone cold stunner that's all i'm saying <laughs> there are a few people on our staff that would love that reference a lot more than i will but I, I got i understood that reference like steve rogers would say and um because i am a man out of time if nothing else i love wrestling so much in my childhood and it's like i really can't stop everything else i'm doing to go follow it right now but respect to everyone who does. And I kind of wish we did like a wrestling column or something, because I feel like there's a huge crossover of fans for all the modern wrestling leagues and new ones popping up all the time. And I know that metal fans love wrestling. I just can't, I can't invest myself to do it justice, but I respect. I have to be careful with it as well. And I'm always wary talking about wrestling because I watch I watch wrestling a month behind um, because I won't pay for pay-per-view and I won't pay for the for the uh, the BT Sport over here to have the shows live. So I'm watching everything through this. Yeah, through a particular network of a particular company. So it means right. I have to be 30 days behind. So yeah, I'm enough. forever scared of spoilers on it. But anyway. I understand. Spoilers are <laughs> evil. 
Let's just do a quick forecast for March. Tell me some things you're excited and looking forward to. And uh, and then I will also, we'll see. We'll see. Last month, we had such a one-to-one overlap almost entirely. I had to like scramble to come up with other bands, but I'm always, I have a hunch this month, there's a lot and we will have different things. Well, and and, and always kind of um, conscious of... I'm trying, trying to do things a little bit more structured every now. You know, always a continuous improvement and all that sort of thing. So similarly to the one album per week, what I've done this time is gone for two albums a week that appeal to me, and I've got the list of the biggest stuff to come back to. So I've given you some albums that you can talk about, whereas I know last time I talked for about 20 minutes uh, about February, and you were like, yeah, and um, I quite like this one as well. <laughs> that was it. So I thought to kind of share the love of it. Um, but so we start the month of um, 3rd of March release date, and just speaking of avoiding spoilers, um, I haven't listened to the new Enslaved album yet. I haven't listened to any of the singles. I've not listened to a note of it. And uh, so Heimdall, um, Nuclear Blast, um, probably about the 643rd Enslaved album I've lost track. But we can all joke aside about bands outstaying their work and going on forever. I think for me overall, Enslaved have to be seen as perhaps the best black metal band uh, of all time. Maybe they are not had the single best album, but for... 31, two years now, consistently releasing albums every two years, if not more frequently at various points in their career, always of high quality, always something different to what they've done before. They've always pushed themselves to to change and to kind of um, do, do something. And I think, yeah, so I think it's the album 16 or 17, and I'd say I really like 15 of those 16, 17 albums that have come before. Um, and those that... Um, the, the, the last couple of albums have taken down a more progressive rock influenced black metal path so i'm really really interested to see where they they are with this one i don't, I don't know i'm assuming that it's got more cinematic soundscapey but who knows it could be like three minute blast beat stuff um so yeah enslaved and speaking of three minute blast beat stuff um i've had a, a quick listen through um there's an album out next week by a band called necro panther um the album's called betrayal and i love it it's just like similar stuff in a way to what I was talking about with the Hell Ripper album. Um, it's just in that kind of um, mid, so uh, early early 2010s, so mid skeleton witch career period kind of stuff. That black and thrash, um, but really really good kind of like um, yeah. There's a lot of heavy metal, uh, capital H capital M influence in there. US power metal stuff, but it just blackened and beaten up and kind of you know. And it's got a bright pink cover, so who can argue with that? Leprosy, Necropanther. If you've got a bright pink cover, you're going to be fine. Um, so that's the the ones from the, the week coming up. This week coming up, 10th of March. Wanted to throw out. Um, I like what I'm hearing from Dirge and their self-titled album on Immersive Sounds. Kind of like a post-metal sort of uh, sludgy metal thing, but fairly accessible um, while being quite involved and and kind of quite. Um, Epic. I haven't heard too much of it, uh, just enough to pique the interest. I'm really looking forward to that one. And um, in a similar vibe, there's a band, I assume it's pronounced Resin, um, but it's spelled E-A-R-E-Z-N, um, self-released album called Solace. Um, that's kind of ethereal, kind of psych, kind of occulty kind of rock sort of music, but all in that that, that sort of um, sort of space. But again, the two two tracks I've heard of that, both by Resin, sound really encouraging for the album. I think quite, I think it's like six or seven tracks, but they're quite lengthy songs and they kind of really invest in telling a kind of uh, an atmospheric story throughout. So looking forward to the, really looking forward to the full, full length of that. 
Um, haven't heard anything yet of the new downfall of Gaia. I'm really interested in that. They're a band that always, always delivers. Um, 17th of March, uh, Silhouettes have discussed on Metal Blade. So um, we'll definitely pick that up. And a band that was new to me, they released a split with Termination last year called Cruelty, but with a K. Um, and they're releasing a full length called Untopia on Profound Law. So they've kind of got some roots in the uh, hardcore, uh, but also in doomy, stompy, death metal stuff as well. So if a uh, Japanese band will believe, um, and if it's anything like the work they did with Terminal Nation, then on that split, then this is going to be a disgustingly heavy, brilliant album. Uh, so looking forward to definitely to that one. Um, so just, just a couple more to cover off as we go towards the end of the month. I'll roll the last two weeks of marching together. Um, uh, referred to um, webinar chat offline beforehand, referred to Gatekeeper. Um, so they returned with from Western Shores having a change of vocalist. Um, it's almost like US classic heavy power metal band in the vein of a Visigoth Eternal Champion kind of thing. They used to share band members of Traveller, a big fan of Traveller, but we're a bit more of the um, rooted in Manila Road, um, Candlemas, Trouble kind of background with their, their heavy metal. So um, interesting to hear them and what they're doing with their new lineup. Um, the the vibes I haven't heard a track yet. But the vibes are positive, so look forward to that. Um, sim, uh, yeah, sim the month we've got Dawn Raid as well. R A Y apostrophe D. Um, in that, I don't know. I, it's just we spoke before. I can't remember about about certain band names giving me kind of twitches. I'm not a massive fan of the band name, but I'm a massive fan of the band. Uh, so, <laughs> and to, to be fair as well, for those that say keep your politics out of battle, I completely disagree. It's a very very strongly left-wing, uh, anti-fascist, uh, black belt band that wear their hearts on their sleeves with their lyrical content um, and more than happy to champion the cause of social justice. So to know the light on Prosthetic, I think it's their second album, um, black metal band from the UK that are really, really kind of um, promising first album. Um, tempted to say it was on Cacophonous, but I might have that wrong. Um I should know, <laughs> from thinking where it was at the time. Um, I made that wrong. But yeah, the new one's out towards the end of the month. Um, so definitely check that out. And coming towards the last week of the month, um, we have Ohms, O-H-H-M-S, uh, with their new album Rot uh, on Church Road. So there's kind of like, I don't know, I've no idea how you describe Ohms. Kind of like weird, doomy, like bits of cathedral, bits of... Um, I don't know, just odd, right? I, I, kind of, I don't know, pretty sure I thought a bit more how I was going to describe Ohms, but they're, they're really, really good uh, to see live. Uh, Paul, the vocalist, kind of puts on a, a really deranged, kind of mad, cap kind of frontman performance, because they, they're working through these big kind of Sabbath-y riffs, but they're not too far from Boskiloid, kind of progressive-y stoner stuff, not... <laughs> Not, not Sabbath stoner stuff, um, if you like. And the final one I, I want to big up is uh, All Father. Who, I know they're a band that we've covered some of their stuff before. We've, we've worked with them on, on, on premieres before. So UK UK band, they're kind of uh, from that higher fire uh, sort of uh, background. So if you say stonery and hardcore, uh, it doesn't really kind of cover the, the, the full kind of gist of what they do. I mean, the new single sound for me, like it could have been uh, mastered on covering Wolverine Blues. And you know what I mean? That's that's a high bar to kind of to be comparing to when they live up to it. And so their their album is a combination of self-release and the team up with Trepanation um, to release a violent truth uh, at the end of the month. But definitely go check out all five if you like beards, riffs, metal, and fuck you, I believe is their slogan. <laughs> so I think it's on a shirt. I uh, yeah. I need to check those shipping rates to the U.S., but uh, I definitely am all about those things. And all father, much respect. 
And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you only had two of mine this month, so I'm really happy. Uh, Resin and Dawn Raid, but Resin, I just saw live recently. I took myself, you know, sometimes you have to, when you can go to a gig, sometimes you just go to a gig to enjoy as a fan. So Russian Circles played here in November here in my town and resin was the opener and i've been a follower of theirs for years and i knew their record was coming this year so i'm very interested to hear the entire resin album i have not and dawn raid again perfect i'm very high on them and really hope they get back over here someday it's been quite a while they haven't you know it's just hard to tour and come to the states and i would love for i would love for a bigger band to take them out as like a show of respect and really educate people because to me Dawn Raid is an is not too to me like a band that's like preaching the gospel that needs to be you know heard, not unlike a Drop Dead, but also Rise Against or Anti Flag. Yeah. So like they have the same politics, but they're much obviously less commercially viable. Being a blackened, I don't know what crust punk, D, the the heir to D beat, the heir to you know whatever. And uh, black and death metal, perhaps, if you want to be straight ahead about it. But I think there's other things in there that I like, crusty things. <laughs> so my list is going to be very interesting because there's a lot of it's front loaded for the month. And it's I've been like on a kick of hardcore lately. So I think you're going to be impressed that there's like a, you know, we I feel like I always want to cover more hardcore and we don't get to cover it all. But. First, the first week of the uh, this week coming up, and this this will air midweek, I think, right around the first. This is madness. This week is insane. The quality of records that are coming out. So, um, you mentioned Enslaved again, one of my favorite bands ever. Ridiculous, so good. Um, but also Entheos. So this is a long in the works project. They've had singles out. They put out, I think, an EP. This is Navine Coperweiss. Uh, formerly of Animals as Leaders, played on the Machine Head album of the year for Ghost Cult of Kingdom and Crown on drums. And he's had his own project for many years. He also does session work. He also does guest spots. But he has his partner with his pro- his, his partner is Craney, uh, Chaney Crab, the vocalist, and they have Entheos. And this is progressive death metal, basically tech death, uh, tech metal, if you're in the UK, but basically technical death metal and prog and uh, time will take us all. I have heard the whole record. It is magical to say the least. I would, I'm expecting high grades all around the world for this one. A lot of excitement, but also the same week is sort of in the complete opposite spectrum. Fake names, which is a uh, sort of punk rock super group, if you will. And uh, I've heard a little bit of that and I like what I've heard and it should be again, very memorable and good, but also can't, not mention the prolific and ubiquitous full of hell and primitive man split just for people who don't know what full of full of hell does a ton of collaborative albums and they don't just do a split they do an immersive let's become one band with another band and write together from scratch also incorporating usually both the band styles so full of hell one of the most fast killer bands ever on their main stuff along with primitive man again can't talk about primitive man without saying they are the heaviest band on earth they are the slowest band they are the doomiest band they are the death doomiest and of course any mention of primitive man i have to remember our beloved paul quinn forever entwined uh with primitive man's name to me and uh i've heard that ep and it's or if it's sort of an ep-ish album it's a long ep and it's quite good 
suffocating hallucination is what it's called. Um, I'm glad you shouted out Necropanther. That's a good one. Wasn't quite on my list. So a couple of other early month hardcore things. Uh, Flat Spot Records is a hardcore label out of Los Angeles, and they have a bunch of really up and coming like that's the next pure noise or that's the next triple B records for those who are fans of hardcore or Br- the latest, you know, the new bridge nine, if you will. So they have Zulu and judiciary, I think both albums coming out um, and maybe even one more in March also. So they just have a huge release schedule, but that Zulu is amazing. They're, they're really fun. They're awesome. They're great live. I'm really hoping to corral them at some point for a chat uh, Judiciaries had some lineup changes, but they were ready. Literally, they kept that under wraps. Uh, two members outgoing, two new members in, whole new album done, already, you know, tours booked, festivals, things. So, like, that's a band that's definitely going to be a band we're talking about later in the year for sure. Um, Acid King, the Stoder Doom kid in me. Uh, I live in the area where they're from. It's one of the reasons that attracted me to the Bay Area is the music. Stoner metal, doom metal, thrash metal, black metal, death metal. It's all here. Acid King has been around for, I don't know, 25 years at least. And their new album is coming out. And, you know, I expect nothing less but brilliance because that's what they do. And I look forward to them playing here. And then you have some more mainstream stuff. August Burns Red new album. It's going to be brutal. You know, a lot of breakdowns and punchy, punchy parts. Uh, Co-Defendants, similar to Fake Names, is kind of a weird supergroup of punks and a famous rapper, the DOC, who is like an early protege of Dr. Dre before he had Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I think the DOC, he was in a bad car accident, so his jaw was broken. Oh, no, his uh, voice box was injured and he couldn't talk for a few years. So that like interrupted his rap career. He was supposed to be like the Snoop Dogg to Dr. Dre and then it ended up being Snoop. So you never know. Uh, but the co-defendants is kind of like punk and rap. And that's been done before. But it's Fat Mike from No Effects who we just talked to about their record. And so I think there's a lot of like cool buzz about co-defendants. And I like supergroups. And then uh just two last ones, Isan, another EP. Uh you know, can't say enough about Isan. He's been very gracious to us. He's been, you know, prolific with putting out his solo stuff as well as touring with Emperor and other things. So very cool on Isan. And of course, Neobliscaris. He was Bliviscaris. I can never say the name right, but Exil, five years in the making for the Australian progressive death metal band, black and death metal band. Again, progressive black and death, death black and progressive. I don't know. But they're always brilliant, and the first couple of songs I heard are awesome. I'm going to really dig into the record this week. It's in my inbox. I just haven't listened to it. And, uh, yeah, there's a few other things uh, I think we'll be talking about next month that, you know, there's always surprises. And that's the one, like this, whenever you have a heavy month, you have the things you are expecting. And then I like to kind of, like, you, as you heard, I like to recap things I wasn't expecting. So... Uh, what I'm looking forward to, I hope is a note for people, you know, and you also what we're looking forward to, I hope is a note for people to investigate as they come out or ahead of the, their, you know, hopefully this spurs and inspires people to check out some stuff. And then, you know, on the flip side, we are always discovering new stuff. That's, you know, we do try to listen to as much as possible, everything. It's, it's a lot. And uh, plus what I listen to just for my own enjoyment on a regular basis. And I'm also a podcast nut. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and, po- and not podcasts about music, podcasts about other things. So funny, funny enough. But uh, yeah, that's the month to me. 
I don't know if you have any other uh, insights or thoughts you want to share. We don't we don't have much coming up for April except some you know band you may never have heard of. This little band, I don't know if you know who they are, Metallica. That's coming up in April. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and they might they got a chance. They might make it someday. I don't know. They might do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a few. Just and this is more of a heads up. There's no comment on quality or anticipation for it. But we, we talked about the ones that we like. But just to kind of get people checking out the site to look for look ahead for reviews so we usually run the reviews a week off release but throughout march so we covered 48 albums in february we're going to look to beat i think we'll have to beat that in march because this is a ridiculous loaded month up one to keep an eye out we've got witch ripper um my anti guy records coming up in terms of the bigger bands um periphery um periphery v5 gent is not a genre Suicide Silence continue their comeback. Um, I would like to mention the Nana War of Steel album only to say there's a track on there that's a Sabaton parody, like, um, Pastina 994, based on Italy v Brazil World Cup final. It's a brilliant, absolutely incredible track. The album isn't that good, um, but that track is well worth checking out if you're fans of Roberto Baggio missing penalties. Um, I'm going to drop in a local, local to myself, um, Deathcore band called Beyond Extinction, who have their WEP out um, in March. Lost track. Oh, you did at the start. What month is it? In March. Um, and then we hit the end of the month, and this is just going to list the names of albums that come out the last last two weeks of March. We've got Baby Metal, Bouncing Souls, Lamp of Murmur, Liturgy, uh, his O-T-T-T-T-O. Um, Otto, uh, yeah, that's uh, Rob yeah. Trujillo's son's band that I'm a fan of. And we've got Berry Tomorrow, Sermon, Rotten Sound. Um, and I'm a big fan of Sermon, actually, so quite interested in what they do. And we look to cover all of those, but there's also a Saxon covers album that we probably won't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever they have to do in between... You know, I love Biff. Whatever they have to do in between oh, no. to keep it going, I would like another one of those records with his son. I I'm here for whatever. Like, yeah, Saxon all day, every day. Let's go. And, and um, he's actually gonna, he's gonna he's gonna submit a review whether we want one or not. Sorry. Right. I think there's a rival sons album at the end of uh We've done a lot of rock. We've done a lot more rock stuff this year. So Rival Sons would be one of those, you know, anticipated rock albums of the spring, uh, early spring. We'll see how they do, because we've had a lot of coverage of we had a great a great bunch of rock albums covered this year um, along the way. So I am excited about that. And then, like I said, just it's only going to get worse or better, depending on your pocketbook and uh, and your wallet. So. And your digital wallets. So, uh, and yeah, and Gatekeeper and uh, a bunch. So, yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about this time next month. You know, Steve, it's always a pleasure. And I really appreciate you. And I appreciate our listeners. And I appreciate, once again, shout out to our staff. We'll do some kind of social media post. We can't really tag people anymore and except on Twitter or Instagram because, you know, Facebook is like, nope, you can't tag private accounts from your social media stuff. So, um but yeah, we'll find a way to shout them out and let them know they're loved because they are. And uh, yeah, this is, I'm going to tell you, I love this format. We should keep this format. Great idea by you. Uh, just, I'm just going to go with it going forward. This is the format I want to go with. Uh, the, the, the listeners didn't need those program notes, but now you have them. And uh, with that, I will see us out. Thank you so much for listening to another Ghost Cult magazine podcast i said it correctly and uh thanks again for being here and if you like this podcast please uh give us a review or a follow or whatever it is a star on your preferred podcast 
Network. Stephen Keefe, out. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.